Hello and welcome to Frank Posen's Big Bad Podcast. Uh, don't forget to check out my blog at frank316.blogspot.com and my other podcast, Topic of Women's MMA, with Swan Hume, which I will be doing on Thursday. Okay, so we had a, on the weekend, we had a Deep Jewel show and a Deep show, and Charlie Jewett uh, at those shows, and he's on the podcast all the way from Japan. How you doing, Charlie? Good, Frank. How you doing? I'm good. I'm. I'm it, it's it's nine a.m. here in Toronto. What time is it in Japan? <laughs> it is ten, uh, 10 o'clock at night. Okay. Usually we do that the other way around because in the past mm-hmm. I've had uh, done it later in the evening, but your schedule didn't really work out, so we're doing it this way instead. Okay. So yep, it's, and- it's it's ten p.m. Monday night in Tokyo. Okay. All right, so let's. Uh, uh, first thing I wanted to mention is that this Thursday I will be getting my second COVID 19 vaccination shot. Okay. Oh, very nice. And that's going to be over here at the uh, Humber College School of Design over here on the Lakeshore. A friend of mine is the uh, manager of the clinic there. So I uh, uh, got her on the old Twitter machine and uh, uh, she got me, a, she got me a, a spot there. So that's the second shot. Okay. Yeah, you be done. That's the last no. shot, right? So it's early in the morning here, and I did do my song of the day uh, today, which uh, is, um, if you're a jazz fan, you'll dig it. It's Ella Fitzgerald with Joe Pass from 1975. Doing crime. Check that out. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's from a whole concert you can watch on YouTube for nothing. So oh, nice. that's, So that's pretty good. Oh, anyway, I wanted to start uh, last uh, uh, week. I posted on my blog. Um, the main event from the Stardom 10th Anniversary Show. Okay, and so this was uh, Utami Hayashita. Did I pronounce that right? Uh, everybody pronounces it wrong. But you have to, it's like uh, uh, the, the company, when you spell it out, it's Matsushita, but it's pronounced Matsu, Matsushita. So that's how her name is pronounced. It's pronounced Hayashita. So it's Utami Hayashita defending her a world of stardom title against Siri, who we all know she was in the UFC and all that kind of stuff there. And it's well worth watching. Now, did you get a chance to watch this? Because you were having trouble getting it. Uh, no, I think the it might be region blocked in my country, in Japan, just because they don't want stardom to find it and remove it. Because I know that well, a lot of be. Japanese companies are pretty thorough at finding stuff and taking it down pretty quickly. Well, you know, they usually find that stuff on YouTube. Daily Motion, not so much. Daily Motion is like the European YouTube. Okay, yeah, so, kind of weird. Uh, so it, it's it, it's actually a great place to find Japanese wrestling. But I've, I've heard murmurings about it. Everyone's been talking about how great of a match it was, and I actually spoke to some people at the Deep Jewels show about, it, and they all said it was a great match. Well, it was, and and the thing, uh, Utami is a fairly young. Uh, in her, the wrestling business. She's in her early 20s. She's from Hiroshima. Her father was a pro wrestler. He was known as Big Daddy. Okay? And so I saw her when she first started out a few years ago, and, and the only thing that, that, that would concern me about her is, uh, uh, you know, stardom GM, Rossi Ogawa, he'd just take one look at her and give her a push just because she's hot. And, and okay. she wasn't ready for it at the time. She's a little more ready for it now, but I mean, Siri is so much more experienced than her. Siri's been a pro wrestler for 12 years, right? 
mm-hmm. other stuff like kickboxing and she was a champion pink race and she was in the ufc and all that stuff but since she's returned to wrestling and signed with stardom she's really stepped up her game like she's she's better now than she ever was it you have to remember that before she uh, started to be a pro wrestler she was a dancer so she well, i used to say about her that she wrestles like a dancer it's, people didn't understand what i meant and, and what i meant by that is that you know she could do certain things but she needed to be able to do more and now i think she's really stepped it up the the, the match is a great match the only thing i didn't like about it is uh it was a 30 minute draw and then they did they they restarted the match and they went 13 minutes and it was a double uh ko okay ref counted them both out okay Okay. if you're gonna have a main event in a big show like that you have to have a finish you can't chicken out like that okay and the guy to blame for that is rossi okawa he's the booker okay so you can't do things like that you have to have a finish for a match like that okay and that's my only really real complaint about the match other than that I have no problem with it. I thought it was great. Siri was fantastic. She just gave a great performance. And, and you know, I, I would have given her the win, quite frankly. You, you can always get it back to Tommy later down the road. Do you think she's kind of stepped it up now that she's concentrating only on pro wrestling? No, I think what it is is that she's making, uh, she's under contract to stardom, whereas before she was freelancing. Okay. Mm -hmm. Not to mention that she was also doing kickboxing. She was also doing pancreas, right? And so Mm -hmm. she, her attention was divided. So while she was doing pro wrestling, you know, Sakai, Masakasa Sakai was trying to get her in the UFC. Mm -hmm. Okay. So her attention's not divided anymore. So I agree with you on that. And also at startup, she's under contract. Now, could she show up in the U.S.? Well, you know who her best friend is, don't you? Uh, Hikaru Shida? That's right. <laughs> Weren't so, they tag team partners or something? certainly were. Them two can mm-hmm. stop traffic. <laughs> you know? Them yeah. two can stop traffic. What, what was interesting about them as a tag team is they wore matching outfits when they were yeah, tag team. Right? Whereas, you know, they didn't, they didn't look that much similar when they were singles wrestling. But so they, and she's also involved in that group, Makai. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. series involved in that as well so could she end up at AEW at some point <laughs> wouldn't shock me you know mm-hmm. it, it depends if she wants to move right you know mm-hmm. and she's got her friend there so it's certainly a possibility okay let's talk a little bit about uh, uh, Raw for just a moment uh, la- uh, um, on uh, the um, Hell in a Cell show you know they had uh, Rhea Ripley get disqualified. She, she okay. said she did it deliberately. Okay, so she she lost the match to Charlotte Flair, but she keeps the title. So that just keeps the angle going. It was a good match, lame finish. Okay, so they're going to continue that angle. In the meantime, we've got the Money in the Bank show coming up. So they had a couple of Money in the Bank qualifying show matches last night. So one of the matches was Oscar uh, teaming with um, uh, Naomi against um, Eva Marie and uh, this character, the, 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 this wrestler who we know in NXT UK as Piper Niven. She used to be in stardom as Viper. 
Okay. okay. So she's like kind of um, a large wrestler. I'll put it that way. And okay. so the way they're doing this with this Eva Marie, Eva Marie can't wrestle. She's a model. Okay. She was in the WWE a few years ago. And now what they're doing is they're having her, she doesn't actually, she participates. So I wondered how that was going to work with a tag team match. So what it is, is she, she's, she doesn't even stand in the corner. She stands on the floor and then she tagged in. And when she didn't get the easy win, she tried to tag, uh, they're calling her, uh, uh, to give you some stupid name, they tried to tag Piper back in, and Piper wouldn't tag back in. So she okay. ended up losing the match. So Asuka and Naomi uh, are in Money in the Bank. So I don't know what they're doing with this angle. They didn't say anything afterwards, so I don't know. Uh, the other qualifying match had, um, and, and I should have the video for that up on my blog later on. The um, other match was... Alexa Bliss teaming with Nikki Cross. They used to be a team before, but now it's a little different against um, um, uh, Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax with this um, acrobat guy in his, in their corner. And so the deal is, is Alexa Bliss is supposed to be like the fiend. Okay. Okay. And so she has these special powers. She can hypnotize her opponent. <laughs> You can believe that. So okay. that's what this is about. This is a, and, and so she's been doing that. She's been hypnotizing Shayna Baszler, and that's how she wins her matches. And meanwhile, they're turning Nikki Cross into a uh, superhero. I heard about that. I actually heard about that, yeah. Yeah. So they won the match, and they're going to be in Money in the Bank, but the whole angle is kind of weird <laughs> so to yeah. me. You know, so I don't know what to make of it. Anyways. Enough of that stuff. You got any comments about any of that stuff? Sound, I mean, the hypnotizing, the uh, superhero, it sounds like they're definitely taking some new angles <laughs> from back from when well, I was watching been, regularly. They've been doing this with her for a while. Like, The Fiend is kind of on hiatus at the moment. So they have to figure out what to do with Alexa. And the thing is, she's not a very good wrestler. Okay? Mm -hmm. I mean, another one is kind of like... A, like they, she was a bodybuilder before she was a wrestler, so she she's not a, she's not an athlete, in other words. Okay. Okay. So they they like her. They they just have to figure out what to do with her, and also she's concussion prone. That's another thing about her. Mm -hmm. So they have to watch that with her. Okay, so let's go on to um, uh, last Saturday in the UFC. We had two women's matches on the show. The first one. We had um, Werner Jandaroba beat uh, Kaneko Murata. And so what happened is, um, first we'll tell you a little bit about the fighters. Verda is from Bahia, Brazil, and she trains at Academia Fight House. Uh, both fighters are former Invicta Strawweight champions. Mm -hmm. um, Verda just doesn't look that good in the UFC, but at her la after her last lost to Mackenzie Dern apparently she got very pissed off mm -hmm. and she she vowed that she would be more aggressive in this fight okay and she's a, a wrestler primarily but she just hadn't looked that good uh Kaneko of course we all we were very familiar with her we know her uh from her time in Japan and she looked really good in her first uh UFC fight um what happens here She's like a lot of Japanese fighters where she, her striking is kind of iffy. And so um, uh, um, Verna um, 
uh, is out striking her. And then she takes her, pulls her into guard, which probably didn't seem like a good idea at the time, but she was able to hook an arm bar from bottom position. And though um, Kanako was able to get out of it, uh, it, it obviously injured her arm. In the second round, you could see she couldn't lift her arm or do anything with her left arm. So uh, the ref took a look at it. Uh, the ref had the doc take a look at it after the second round, and she uh, he stopped the fight. And so she, I don't know if you saw what I sent you yesterday. She uh, posted on Instagram mm-hmm. an X-ray, and so she has a dislocated elbow. So uh, I don't know if she has to have surgery or whatever the deal is on that. But um, I give a lot of credit to Verna. I mean, uh, she hadn't yeah. looked good at all. Well, she definitely, I mean, she looked very good in the fight. I thought her striking looked really good. But, I mean, I think that might also be, my one thing with Conoco is she trains at CSA. Yes. And maybe she needs to go to kind of a better gym. <laughs> I don't mean to criticize CSA too much. I mean, of all the gyms in the United States, I don't know why that's the gym you would pick. And well, I, I think that it was picked a long time ago. Like well, she had I, been, she had, she came to Kansas City before she ever was in the UFC, right? So right. she would have wanted to find some place to train uh, before that. And uh, uh, Kieran Fitzgibbon has has uh, worked with other uh, Japanese Japanese fighters. Right, I think that's where it comes from. She's friends with Yukari Nabe, who Yukari Nabe trained uh, at CSA. It's, it's so quite. I think popular. that might be the, the connection and. I mean, it just she didn't have any, a lot of head movement. It seemed like she was getting hit a lot from the very beginning of the fight. Yeah. And her striking her is past, terrible. In her past couple her... fights, she takes these punches, and her eye has like a propensity to swell shut. Mm-hmm. And I didn't see what strike she took, but I mean, I think it was her right eye it looked like it was swelling quite a lot before the arm bar. So, I, I mean, if she has that problem with her eye swelling. I think she needs to work on her striking defense. Yeah, that's what I think too. I, I didn't. Didn't think much of her. Uh, I didn't think much of her striking defense. And that the, the thing was, uh, uh, you know, Verna had looked good in her other fights. So, right. You know, I, I understand what the motivation was. The loss that she had that irritated her was to Mackenzie Dern, and Mackenzie mm-hmm. Dern is a big deal in Brazil. Oh yeah. Okay, and that's what she was annoyed about. So she wasn't well, her dad her also a big deal in Brazil, Megaton. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Her dad is Brazilian. People, mm-hmm. people don't realize that that Mackenzie's dad is Brazilian. She, he's in her corner all the time. So yeah, he's a big um, deal too. So the point is, she's a big deal in Brazil. So losing to her, you know, that was a big. Yeah. That was she. No wonder she was irritated about it. I mean, if that's what it took to make her better, that's fine. I have no problem. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. So the other fight on this show, we have. Um, uh, we have um, uh, Casey O'Neill. This is a flyweight. Casey O'Neill uh, win over uh, Laura Procopio. Mm-hmm. Okay, by second round uh, TKO. Casey was born in Scotland. She lives in uh, Gold Coast, Australia, and she trains with her father. Now, in her UFC debut, her father was uh, uh, sidelined due to COVID-19. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she had uh, Eric Nixick of Extreme Couture in her corner. Uh, but she looked really good anyway. Her dad was back in her corner here. And um, I'll get to that in a sec. Lara is uh, from Brazil. She trains at Nova Unia. Okay. So we know that there's probably going to be endurance problems with any mm-hmm. Nova Unia fighter. Okay. And that's pretty much what happened. 
Lara won the first. What, what Casey said before the fight is she wanted to uh, uh, showcase her striking, but she was getting beat in the first round. Yeah. Okay, so what happened was in the second round, she switched up her strategy. So she started. She she took uh, uh, Lara down, and Lara looked pretty tired in the second round. Like she looked as she was already beat. Mm-hmm. And so uh, Casey ended up getting a uh, uh, a win by uh, TKO. Okay, TKO striking. But a lot of fighters will not switch uh, strategies like that. So that tells me, okay, Casey O'Neill, she's 30, 23 years old. She's already got a pretty high fight IQ, and she's got skills on, in, on the ground. And she knows that if something's not working, that she should switch things up. So that's right. pretty good for somebody who's 23 years old. Was her dad a big? Is he, her dad's a big deal of her training camp, right? She, they're Australian. She, she, they live in Australia. I, think, I feel like I've heard you talk about her dad and her involvement before. No, I thought she had moved to the U.S., but that's not the case. Okay, okay, okay. And, uh, what actually happened is he just wasn't available for the first fight because oh, of COVID nineteen. Okay, okay, okay so, but he's back in her. He's back in her corner now. But that when she's sense. in the U.S. She goes to Extreme Couture in Las Vegas to to uh, train oh, with Eric look Eric Nixick and those guys. Looking at her record, interesting. She has a win over Mickey Matono at, in Australia. That's right. Yeah, interesting. Okay, so now we want to talk about Deep Jewels and Jewels. So they had shows back to back, Deep Jewels and Deep. So they had shows back to back on yeah, Saturday. So you were there, so. Tell me what was going on here. They actually had four events. They had two events on Saturday and two events on Sunday. It was kind of ridiculous. Um, but yeah, this so was the, these 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 shows were delayed due to COVID nineteen, right? Yes, and they had to find a new venue because they couldn't rebook at the Korakuen Hall. Well, and and where so where was the where were these shows happening? It was in uh, Tokyo. Still, it's at a place called the New Pier Hall. It's like a pretty big. I'd call it like a hall in between two hotels like there's like two towers and in between them is this kind of a gymnasium so they were so all the fights were in a cage which is kind of unusual for deep jewels because usually the fights are in a ring because um you know you can't get a cage into uh right shikiba right so my, my theory is that they they got a deal they got this they booked this place for two days and they only had to pay to get the cage in there once they used it for four events so and this event was significantly smaller. I think it probably seats about 500 people. I tried to count while I was there. So I think that's why they were able to get the cage inside. Uh, so it's not a big place? So it's not a big place? Probably 500 people. Well, that's not very big. That's, no. that's smaller than Shinkiba, right? Yes, yes, it is. It's smaller than that in Shinjuku Face. And, um, but the, the, both of those venues, I mean, Shinjuku Face is like on the seventh floor. So there's just no way to get a cage up there. Oh. They'd have to fit it through elevators, and it just wouldn't work. Okay. All right. So, uh, so how did this work as far as the shows go? What, like, explain that to me. Like, what do you mean? How did it work? Well, with the deep, the deep Jewels show was first on Saturday, on the Saturday okay. or the Sunday. No. Okay. So the way it worked was on Saturday they actually had two deep shows, and okay. um, they had a deep show in the morning and a deep show in the afternoon. And both of those events were more of um, up-and-comers, I would call it. 
they were kind of a lot of amateurs or like just making pro debuts essentially. And then on okay. Sunday you, morning, they had were you at Jules. both shows? Were you were you at both days or just one? I just went to one day, but my friend went to both, and he, we talked about it afterwards. But oh, okay. I know uh, we're, 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 we're primarily interested in the Sunday shows. Yes, the Sunday was the big the big show. So Sunday at about eleven in the morning, the Deep Jewels show started, and then at four p.m. is when the Deep show started. Okay, so let's start with Deep Jewels. What was the main event on this show? Well, this was the the main event was the finals of the Atomway tournament. So the first couple of fights were the semifinals, and then the finals was the main event. And then the co-main event was the uh, strawweight title match between Seika Izawa and Miki Motona. Okay, so uh, let's talk about those those matches. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. Okay, so it's kind of an interesting tournament because. A lot of people thought that Siwoo Park was just going to dominate and be the blowaway favorite going into the tournament. Okay. And so what there? I didn't deny that she was the favorite, but when she, she fought Saori Oshima last year in December, and while she beat Oshima, Oshima kind of exposed that Siwoo Park is very uncomfortable on the ground because, <laughs> as you know, she's a kickboxer. No kidding, but... But the problem, but the thing was, is she's so physically strong. She's usually able to muscle her way out of those situations. So in the first match of the of the day, Siwoo Park fights Saori Oshima in a rematch, and it looks like it's going to go the same way. Like Siwoo Park is just countering and blasting Saori Oshima with hard shots, and then she drops her. I mean, she hits her with a huge overhand right, and Saori Oshima kind of crumbles to the mat, and Siwoo Park dives on her. Saori Oshima flips her legs up, gets an arm bar, and finishes the fight. Submission, first round. <laughs> so, so she kind of got lucky. Yeah, I mean, she was very fortunate because Siwoo Park was very, was before then, was having very good takedown defense. As you know, your audience might be aware, she's been training with Miyu Yamamoto, so she's hard to take down now. But the thing was, she, Saori Arshima was able to, like, if she was actually hurt or she faked, faked, I couldn't tell, but she was able to lure Siwoo Park to the ground. And, I mean, Saori Arshima's been doing judo for over 20 years, so the, the armbar was probably second nature for her. Okay, and then what happened? So then, in the next match, uh, Hikaru Aono was there, and she had to fight uh, this girl named called Nisei, is her nickname, from Okinawa, who was like a late replacement because the other tournament uh, contender got sick. And Hikaru Aono was just a completely different level than this girl, and she knew it. As soon as the fight started, she just took her down and submitted her with an iron bar. All right. So then what? Well, then we had some uh, intermediate fights. I don't know if you want to get into those. There's some fights in between. Um, and then... Nothing of interest there? Nothing of interest there? Uh... There was a pretty exciting fight, actually, between Eru Takeyabashi, who was known because she fought Sakura at Rising. It was a no contest because Sakura missed weight. Mm-hmm. But she and Ota, Otoha from uh, AACC, they're both like 18 years old, had like a bat, this nonstop action, just kickboxing match, essentially. And they were both bleeding by the end. It was really exciting. That was a good fight. And... Yukari Nabe also got a win, and she's also been pushing a lot to start fight for Invicta or the UFC or 
outside of Japan. So might she be able to good see enough, that happen. She's good enough, man. She's she's really strong, and she's got the judo. I'd like to see her at least try because, I mean, it's kind of a weak division outside of the UFC. I don't know. I don't know, man. But but I, I'll say the big story of the night is obviously co-main event, Seika Izawa and Miki Motono fight for the um, – they have a rematch for this time for the title. And for your listeners, I know you this know, but Miki Motono is a very high level – was a very high level collegiate judoka. And but Charlie, 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 let me just interrupt you just quickly. My impression of her is this. She chokes in big matches. Well, I wouldn't say that. Uh, I would just say that she's had the misfortune of that Seika Isawa is an even higher accomplished uh, judoka and an a, a Olympic hopeful wrestler back in the day. But wouldn't Mickey have been favored? Why? Well, I'm just saying. I don't think she's been favored. I mean, I mean, Seika Isawa is just a freak... Um, for some reason, she was doing both wrestling and judo in college and was almost, I think, a, was very high in the national tournament in both of them and was an Olympic hopeful. So let me ask you about her. Isn't she a little small, even for an atom weight? Oh, this was at 52. It was at 115. Oh, this is at 52, so she's even smaller. Uh, which one, Mickey or Seika? Seika. Um, I don't know how much weight she cuts for it, but uh, I mean, she might be an atom weight naturally, but I mean... She looked very, very good. She was like a buzzsaw. In her, at the last Deep Jewels show, she did a grappling match against Megumi Sugimoto, and she absolutely destroyed her in under a minute. And in this match, we actually spoke to her afterwards, and she talked about how she's, in her first couple fights, it was like, oh, I'm just doing judo. I'm just wrestling. This is the first fight where she felt comfortable really bringing all MMA elements together. And it kind of reminded me of like watching like a Ben Askren back in his early Bellator days where wherever she was, she was throwing knees, she was throwing punches, she was throwing elbows. And she just overwhelmed Mickey. I mean, Mickey just had no time to relax. Seiko was all over her and got the arm bar. And it looks like she actually injured Mickey's arm with it. Okay. So let, there was a, there was a, that, that was the co-main event, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. So what was the main event? Main event was Saryoshima and Hikaru Aono for the um, Adam Weight title. Because, so how did that go? Well, it was very back and forth in the first round. It was just Sari and Hikaru. Hikaru's a wrestler. Sari's a judo. So lots of grappling, lots of scrambles. Sari kept using a kimura lock to roll her and go for arm bars. And in the second round, for some reason, Hikaru started to slow down and got tired. And Sari didn't get tired, and she got took Hikaru down, got on top, and punched and kneed her for the rest of the fight, and won the decision. Well, there you go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is kind of funny because going into the tournament, <laughs> Sari Oshima is not even an atom weight; she's a microweight. I think she's only four. Well, that's 11. what I was thinking. So it was her I was thinking about that she's kind of small even for an atom weight. Oh yeah, she's a Sari Oshima's four eleven. <laughs> she's actually the 44 kilogram champion in deep. Okay, so so there's something I wanted to, to mention here. One of the things when I was looking at the results for this thing, because I didn't obviously didn't see it. Um, why are they still in do, still doing two round matches? So 
I was kind of confused about that as well. I thought they had moved to three rounds and that the tournament rounds were only two rounds because it was a tournament. But then I realized that's all of not the rounds... true. No, no, no. I thought that was the thing. But then all of the all of the matches were two rounds, which I thought what was kind of stupid. Wrong? What the hell is wrong with Stakey? Yeah, they, I think um, what their title matches now are three rounds and all the they other fights are five. Yeah, I thought for a period of time they had switched to three round fights, but it looks like they've gone back to two round fights. And they've done like a now instead of doing draws, they do a must decisions where if it's a draw, the judges have to pick a winner, <sighs> which is stupid. I mean, I don't. I, I watched this reminded me because I watched the Shuto show a couple of weeks ago and all the women's fights were two rounds and like half of them were draws. And I was just like, two round fights are awful. Why aren't these three rounds? It's because only it just makes you no want to know the answer. You want to know the answer? They're yeah. idiots. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of weird. Mm-hmm. All right. So then there was a deep show after this. And I understand King Reno was on this show. She was. She returned from her. Six months suspension for missing weight. I think she lost close to, I think what she lost, like lost close to like forty pounds or something. But so what? What? What was the weight? What was she uh, fight? What weight class was she fighting at? I think she's a. Uh, what was the weight class? I think she. It was heavy. It was still not light. <laughs> Let me pull it up real quick. Give me one second. I want to say she weighed in like one forty or something. Oh, so it was a catch weight? Give me one second. I didn't actually have that written down. It was so who was she, at, fight, who was she fighting? It was at 141. Uh, she fought Yoko Higashi, who's a pancreas fighter who trains with Shizuka Sugiyama at Miwe. So Rina got, looks like she got her job broken or something, right? Uh, she got something wrong. I mean, she, I, I wouldn't be surprised if she has a jaw injury. She was spitting out a lot of blood by the end of the fight. And to be honest, a lot of times the referees for deep and deep jewels, as soon as there's blood, they're pretty quick to stop a fight because there's no real doctor. <laughs> and uh, they let it go. But I mean, King Reyna just, it was like a stupid strategy. She just kept no head movement. She kept rushing forward, trying to kind of bum rush Yoko. And Yoko just kept punching her square in the face every time she came close. Yeah. Well, what have I always said about her? I mean, what have I always I'll, said about her? I've what said, said? The, what I've said about her consistently for the last five years. She needs to leave Japan. She's not going to get any better staying in Japan. There's nobody for her to fight. You know. Do you know her? I mean, she, she literally trains. She trains at a bar. She trains at a bar that has a cage in it that's like part of like the bar's atmosphere. So, I mean, I feel like she needs to make a lot of changes. <laughs> To start becoming no, more no, serious. Listen, listen, she needs to leave Japan. She needs to move yeah. to the US. And that's it. She's too big for Japan. Yeah. And my opinion of her is I don't think she takes fighting seriously. I don't think she takes it seriously at all, no. And that's why and deep, that's why deep and deep jewels are constantly punishing her. Yeah, but she needs to get out of Japan. She needs to go to somebody who'll give her some discipline. Yeah. I think she's I mean, there's rumors that she's kind of hard to control. So, I mean, I don't know how well she would do in the U.S. by herself. <laughs> it depends on who the it depends on the coach. Yeah. 
There's guys who wouldn't take any crap from her. Guys like, for example, Saif Saud down in Houston, Fortis mm-hmm. MMA, guys like that. They yeah. wouldn't, a guy like that would not put up with her crap. Okay. Yeah. You know, other guys, Eric Nixick, you know, over at uh, Extreme Couture is another guy. He wouldn't take any crap from her. You know, guys like that yeah. just wouldn't, wouldn't put up with it. And, and um, those are the type of guys that, that I think would be good for her. You yeah, know? no, she definitely, she needs some structure or some discipline because I don't even think she has a coach. Really? <sighs> a lot of potential wasted, man. Oh, t- especially too, because she started out so strongly and she has like the physical abilities to be a good fighter. She just needs someone to coach her and actually tell her what to do instead of just working mm-hmm. out at a bar and fighting every couple months and losing these types of fights. I mean, she's, she's a judo fighter. I mean, she didn't even, I know her opponent's also judo, but she didn't try any judo. It was just kind of run forward and throw punches. All right. Anything else on that second show that you want to talk about? And that's the only women's fight on the second show. Oh, okay. So one other thing I wanted to talk about in relation to uh, Dean Jules, and that is the retirement of Nanaka Kawamura. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And this was yet another attempt by Shigeru Seiki to try and bring an idol into Deep Jewels and, you know, kind of roll the dice. And yes. it came up, came up craps because she, sold a lot she of wasn't tickets. any good. She, she sold, sold a lot of tickets, of tic- but she couldn't fight. <laughs> well, that's the thing. I wrote about that. People didn't understand what they were. Their fans didn't understand what he was doing with her. And I, what I did is I wrote about it when she first started, and I explained to them, well, look, she has a, she has, comes with a fan base because of her idol uh, status. Yeah. And if she turns out to be a half-decent fighter, it's a bonus. You know, right. it, it's a bonus, but she wasn't very good. This is one of those things where even if she's not very good, they could always try to find a fighter that they think she could beat, which turned out to still be difficult. I think there she weren't lost. any. Yeah, there exactly. weren't so. any. But uh, anyways, she did, she did it's, a, it's well, this is it. Like I understand what he's trying to do. He, he maybe he needs to stop doing stuff like that because he brings in those date girls as well, and they're pretty terrible. Well, they've all moved to Pancras now, so yeah. <laughs> Pancras is a problem. Like yes, yeah, it's interesting is they have a bunch of amateur fighters, young women, they're amateur fighters now. And these girls don't have pro debuts yet. And I mean, their clothes are covered in sponsors. So I don't know what's going on there, but they're definitely looking around trying to find attractive women to bring up in their amateur ranks now. Well, did you enjoy the shows? That's my question. Oh, it was awesome. It was great. Um, I actually really liked the venue because it seemed like it was very new. And there wasn't a bad seat there because it was so small. And I think everyone was just really excited to be there. I mean, there was COVID precautions going on, but there was a ton of people not sitting down, just like standing in the aisles in the back. It was a, and there was a lot of finishes on the card, which is sometimes rare for a Deep Jewels show. And I, I had a lot of fun going to it. When's their next show, Charlie? I don't think they've announced it yet. The next Deep Jewel is next Deep shows in July, but they haven't announced the next Deep Jewels show. Okay, let's go on to uh, upcoming fights. We've got on Friday, okay, so on Friday we have a PFL show, and the, <laughs> in the main event is uh, Kayla Harrison uh, yes. versus uh, uh, Cindy Dandois. Cindy Dandois, right. Yeah. And then we also have 
a Bellator show. And on the main card of the Bellator show, we have uh, Liz Carmouche versus mm-hmm. uh, uh, Kanawat Nabi. So I want to talk first about how you, how fans can watch these shows, okay? So okay. PFL, in the U.S., it's on ESPN+. Plus. In Canada, where I am, it's on TSN. Can you see it in Japan? I do not know. I've never tried to watch the PFL before, to be honest. Yeah, I'll just, watch this because it's Kayla Harrison, but that's the only reason because I have to yeah. talk about it anyway. But mm-hmm. um, I don't see her losing. Okay. No, not the not the Cindy Dandoa. No. No, <laughs> they have a bunch of uh, women's fights on the prelims, but the prelims are a pain in the ass to watch up here in Canada, so I'm not going to watch them. Okay, with Bellator, the Bellator show is on Showtime in the U.S., but everywhere else in the world, you can watch it on YouTube. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so, will these fights conflict because they're both on the main card? No. The um, uh, Liz Carmouche versus Kanawat Nabi is lower down on the card, so it should be first, and then you can switch over to PFL. Okay. 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 So that's the way it works. But I don't know if you can watch PFL. You can let me know. I'll let you know. I tell I people, watch it, yeah, because I, yeah, I tell people this stuff, right? Yeah, I appreciate you know, it. N- nobody else is going to do it. Okay. So let's talk about this fight with Liz Carmouche versus Cut. Ka- Kind of what Nabi. So, mm-hmm. uh, first of all, I noticed that that uh, <laughs> Showtime posted a, a graphic for this fight, and Kana's response to it is, "I want a nickname." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, do you yeah. have a, so, do you have a nickname for her? Um, I liked all the ones that were kind of like joking on her fry pan. The famous oh, what she calls the fry pan. I was thinking about that too. Yeah, I was thinking about that too. She actually commented on that. She was like, all the foreign people keep recommending fry pan nicknames. So. <laughs> all right. Well, we're, at least we, we're having some fun with it. So yeah, yeah. I think, so here's the thing. Okay. So with me, with the deal with Kana is she's a fantastic grappler. Okay. Mm-hmm. In her last fight, her stand up, her striking was awful. She could have lost that fight because of her striking. Okay? Yeah, she's got very little head movement. Yeah. Who's she training with these days? Uh, she trains with this guy named Ueda-san, and I believe it's her boyfriend. And oh, okay. he, does she have uh, anybody? Does she, is she work? Is she training with anybody in the U.S.? No, she doesn't. Um, she wants to, and I think now she that she's, should. I mean, she got paid um, in her first Belter fight. She made sixty thousand. So I think now that she has the money. And when the coronavirus stuff's over, she wants to go train in the U.S. Okay, that's a good idea, actually. I think mm-hmm. that could help her with her striking. The bit oh, of yeah, the coaches in that. Okay, Liz Carmouche, we all know who she is. She's been around for years. Uh, she trains at 10th Planet in San Diego with, uh, what's his name? Uh, Manny Fernandez. Oh, yeah. Manny Fernandez. Same, same coach as uh, Yelena May McFarlane. So, you know, we all know who the – here's the thing about Liz Carmouche. She has been awful for a long time now, okay? Oh, especially, and like, her last uh, UFC fight where she fought Shevchenko was one of, like, the worst fights I've ever seen. Awful, awful, awful. And she fought, beat recently Vanessa Porto and another just just 15 minutes of, I mean, they might as well put screws to my eyes or whatever. It was just an awful fight. And this is what she's been like for a long time. And... You know, if she was if she was 
the way she was back when she was in strike force and that sort of thing there, then I, I would have some some hope that she might actually have a chance to win this fight, especially standing because Kana's uh, stand up isn't very good. But I don't see her even trying to win the fight. You know, yeah, uh, that's my problem with it. Uh, Liz Carmouche seems recently to be kind of obsessed with grappling slash stalling. <laughs> I guess that's, that's like a, a nice way it's, to say it. It's not. She's not grappling. She's yeah. she's just doing nothing. I don't understand like, it. It'd be one thing if she was like a really like explosive striker, but she just tries to like kick and jab from the outside and never really commits to anything these days. Okay, so I guess the bottom line is if Kana gets her on the ground, she'll finish her. I mean, Liz is really tough, so I don't know if she'll finish her, but I, I think she can get her on the ground and keep her down there. Okay, and, and if Kana wins this fight, she's getting a title shot. Oh, yeah. I mean, that division's so thin right now. Well, Plus, this, is why, this is why it's very important that she go find some place to train in the U.S. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think she she actually mentioned that and wanting to do that once the coronavirus stuff is makes that possible. Well, she better get on it pretty soon. You know, mm-hmm. it's starting to clear up now. There's places she can go where that uh, those 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 there's guys who can really help her in the oh, yeah. U.S. All right, let's move on to there's one women's show on uh, Saturday's UFC show. It is at uh, bantamweight. It is Julia Avila versus Ulia Stoliarenko. Uh, Julia Avila is from Oklahoma City. Uh, she really, she up until her last fight, she looked really good. But in her last fight, she did not look good losing to Sajara Eubanks. So we'll see how she bounces back from that. Um, she has grappling. Her striking is kind of iffy, which is why she lost that fight. And it's Ulia Stoliarenko is from Lithuania. Now, we first saw her in Tough 28, and she didn't make the UFC then. But then she was in Invicta, and she beat – you know who she beat in Invicta? Lisa Versosa. Okay. Okay, so the UFC liked her in that fight, so they brought her back to the UFC. But I don't think she's very good, uh, uh, Charlie. So uh, Yeah, uh, I mean, her last fight, I mean, I don't consider Yana Kunitsikaya to be a very high-level fighter. No, and uh, losing to her is not a good sign. Yeah, I, the one thing about Julia Avila is uh, I talk about with this with Schwan all the time because he uh, works a lot with uh, coaches and stuff like that, and he feels that she would benefit from moving. Okay, so she's from Oklahoma City. She's training in her hometown, and a lot oh, of she times she still trains there. She still trains there, and a lot of times fighters. We talk about this especially with Brazilian fighters. They're basically, they don't have the money to leave their hometown, okay? Mm-hmm. And sometimes fighters are very reluctant to move, just to move. I'm not talking about switching camps. I'm yeah. talking about moving from Oklahoma City to Las Vegas, for example, okay? And maybe Julia Avila would benefit a lot from moving, let's say, to Extreme Couture in Las Vegas with Eric Nixick or somebody like that. Yeah, I mean, not to talk bad about Oklahoma City, but I think that there has to be a better option out there. Well, again, she lives there. That's part of the problem. It costs more to, to, to move and stuff like that. So that I can understand yeah. why she'd be reluctant to do that. But, I mean, at some point, she's got to get, I think, better better uh, training. I mean, you can make it work, though. I mean, what 
Mizuki essentially lives with a teammate in Las Vegas and eats all of her meals free at the UFC thing. So you can find a way to make it work. Yeah, she lives with Alderman Sterling, for people who don't know. Yeah, she, yeah. she's the uh, guest upstairs. Yeah, or something like that. Yeah. Okay, so uh, my feeling is Julia, if she's on her game, should win, but she really surprised me in her last match how bad she was. Now, is that because Sajara Eubanks finally got her act together, or do you think she just had a bad night, Julia? I think she had a bad night. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because Sajara Eubanks has lost all of her fights since then. Okay. Yeah. Anyways, so that's on Saturday. It's going to be on ESPN Plus and TSN in Canada, even though I think that match is actually going to be on USC Fight Pass in Canada because it's in the early it's in the early prelims. We okay. we still we don't have ESPN Plus up here. Uh, you count yourself lucky. <laughs> yeah. I guess. I guess. All I hear are complaints from people about how it doesn't work properly. Okay. Anyways, uh, that's anything else you want to talk about, Charlie? Yeah, uh, just real quick. I looked it up, and the PFL will be available in Japan on YouTube. Oh, okay. That's good. That's all we need to know. So if you in, so that means it's available everywhere outside the u.s and canada on youtube okay in, yeah, in the u.s it's on in the u.s pfl is on espn plus in canada it's on tsn and everywhere else in the world you can watch it on youtube and with bellator it's on showtime in the u.s and everywhere else you can watch it on youtube Perfect. okay all right so that's about it first i want to thank charlie for being on the show appreciate the comments on the deep jewels uh, if uh, if uh, we'll we'll have him on again when uh, we have another deep jewel show, I still want to do uh, your podcast with Shu. You yeah, got to get with him, man. I think he's still like trying to get it set up and do some advertising, and then we're going to start bringing guests on after that. Okay, so hopefully we'll be doing Shu's show pretty soon because I got questions for him. He's probably yeah, got man. questions for me. He knows who I am. I've never talked to him, but he knows who I am. So everybody know everybody knows me. I think. Anyway, you've been around a long time. Anyways, if you uh, have any, uh, uh, don't forget again to check out my blog at frankp316.blogspot.com, and also my other podcast, the big topic of women's MMA with Schwann Hughes. We'll be doing that on Thursday. If you have any questions or comments for my blog or either my podcast, you can leave them in Anchor's voicemail. And if you would like to subscribe to my podcast, you can do so at Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Have a good week. We'll talk to you later. That's